Doc Manson at Doc Manson DC Matthews at the DC Matthews this is the list hello Doc Manson at Doc Manson hi DC Matthews at the DC Matthews are you ready to rank the greatest wrestlers of all time I am born ready for all this things. is this is week I think nine yeah, it sounds I right. I think week nine. So let's dive right in. Is uh, it fair? Is it fair to call it week nine when I'm pretty sure we missed a couple of weeks in there? It's episode nine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I sure. I suppose. Well, okay. So do you want me to go back to Simplecast and rename all of the episodes? Because I've been calling them week whatever. I can I think do it. That's what I'm saying. I think I'm saying that I, I would like you to do more work because okay. let's face you, it. You're doing most of the work these days. That's we've not got true, a, though. We've not got a really. super secret project that we're we're not talking about yet, but there's there's things in the works that you're working on. So, yeah. Well, I'm willing to bet most people can probably guess what it is, but you know, I don't know. They might think that you know we're launching a docu series on BBC America or something like that. So well, that would be interesting. I I think there's there's something to be said. For DC and Doc try to understand the UK. Like, I think that... <laughs> I tweeted out something. I said, for the number of UK friends that I have on Twitter, I should have some understanding of how football works, a.k.a. soccer. And people, there were a couple of people who offered to teach me. Uh, I have yet to take anyone up on it, but... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I... that sounds interesting. Certainly... I hope that you, you know, don't become one of those soccer hooligans. When you when you look at me, you think hooligan. Well, I'm the type of per- I'm the type of person who will, when we're celebrating a national championship, will knock over a plastic white lawn chair, then feel guilty about it, and go back and put it back up again. Well, I guess that's probably a true story, but I do know how easily impressionable you are, so that's that's my concern, really. Oh, so you're worried <laughs> that I'm just going to... That'll be my latest addiction. Absolutely. So speaking of addictions, uh, this is the list where we are ranking the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, currently, the list is 119 deep. The worst wow. wrestler of all time is still Shayna Baszler. DC, you're laughing. I, I feel I feel bad about that. Did you see? I sent you something. I think uh, that Shayna Baszler is essentially Sharon Corbin. Oh yeah, I did see that. That was quite hilarious and true. So give us the top ten. Who is the yeah. top ten greatest so wrestlers going back of all time? To the top ten, starting at number ten, the list is Chavo Guerrero Jr. Number nine, Jeff Jarrett. Number eight, The Great Muda. Seven, Vader. Six, Antonio Inoki. Number five, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Number four, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number three, Kevin Owens. Number two, the bad guy, Scott Hall. And number one, the prototype, John Cena. I think this is what, John Cena's third week in a row? Is this his fourth? It could be, I, I'm not sure. I think, I think he's done three. three. This, is, this will be number four if he survives right. this week. If he um, survives at the top. 
So let's let's be transparent as we tend to be on this podcast. Last week, uh, I got some music ready. We got one piece of feedback. One. One person took the time. And you would think, since it was one person, I would remember who it is, but I don't. But it was one person who said that they actually liked it better the original way, where we were both surprised. I knew who the people were going to be ahead of time. So we're going to try something different. Uh, I've got YouTube up. Hopefully we won't play too many ads. Um, we will... We will both be surprised by the number, and if I can find a theme song when appropriate, we will have some music as well. We will see how this works. It could be great, and as the smug smile on Doc Manson's face indicates, he believes it will be a disaster. I just can't wait to see how much time I have to fill while you're (laughs) typing things into YouTube. I'm going to try to multitask, all right? Okay, all right, let's see. All right, the list to choose from is currently... 912 people long. We're I mean, almost finally, in the 800s. Yeah, we're, we're finally well below 1,000. It's starting to feel like this is something that might actually reach a conclusion someday. So I ask you, give me a number between 1 and 912. 39. 39. The first name on our list, Rashad Cameron. Oh, Rashad, of course. Uh, I don't know who that is. Otherwise known as Sabian? That sounds familiar. Uh, Sabian sounds familiar. Why does that wrestled, sound familiar? Wrestling for CZW Combat. Have you watched any CZW? No. Also known as BLKGs, Black G's, Black Jesus? Um, no. Wrestled, okay. wrestled for total nonstop action. Wrestled oh. one match against Ryback. Wrestled a handicap match against Ryback on an episode of SmackDown, and wrestled in TNA. That must be how he made it on this list. Um, okay. Interestingly enough, had a tag team with Anthony Nice, Tony Nice of the Cruiserweight division. Now, I have never seen Rashad Cameron wrestle, so unless you have, normally what we would do here is we would move to the female list. Yeah, I mean, I probably saw him wrestle in TNA. I'm guessing I did, but I have no memory of it. So mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have to. Yeah, to move that's along. that's how it goes. So all right, so Rashad Cameron, we thank you for your service. You are not going to make it on the list, and I need a number between one and eighty-three. Seventeen. Seventeen. Piper Niven of the May Young Classic. Ah, uh, yes, Viper Niven. Yes. Also. Otherwise, otherwise, that's what her actual name is, right? She was Piper Niven for the May Young Classic? Yes. Correct? I believe right. so. Uh, I liked Piper Niven. She had a look that is unlike what you would normally consider a female wrestler to be. Would she you was say little... that she's not like most girls? Yeah. I would say she is she is of a Nia Jax type, although she didn't seem as big as Nia Jax is, and I like Nia Jax, so I'm not saying that as a criticism. She was not as physically imposing, but compared to many of the other women in the Mae Young Classic, she was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was good. I can't remember a whole lot of the matches that she was in. I think she wrestled at least two. Yeah, that sounds about Did right. we ever finish the Mae Young Classic, or no. did we stop? We stopped. Okay. 
Yeah. Good for us. One of those things that, you know, you clearly were never going to finish, and I said, well, let's let's just call this whole thing off. So, uh, let's see here. Where would she rank on the list? I'm down kind of in the 70s, because while I liked her, you know, and again, we don't need to compare women to women, though Maya Yim at 68... I'm not sure. I might have liked her better than Maya Yim. I didn't like her as much as Abby Lathlow at 53. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what about you? Do, do you uh, do you have any insight here? Not really much insight, I'm afraid. Uh, Maya Yim is a little polarizing for me. I, I know that she's a very capable wrestler, but I also don't really care for her very much. Um, mm-hmm. Piper, I don't remember making a big impression on me either, to be perfectly honest, though. She definitely wrestled a couple of matches. She had a look. I know exactly who she is, which probably yeah. speaks positively for her. Um, I remember her being okay in the ring. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe good. I, so, I, mm, yeah. I mean, I I'm, in, I'm in that, you know, I like Lars Sullivan better. I like the Blue Meanie better. I'm down here at 66 with Keith Lee, who reportedly you know, we can we can talk a little news. Has t- accepted a contract with WWE, so number sixty six Keith Lee might be someone we get to know a little bit more. Um, okay. You know, in in time. So, do you have any thoughts? Can we just place her at number sixty six? Sixty six looks okay. Sixty six above Keith Lee, Piper Niven. There I we think go. It's fair to have her five spots ahead of Kurt Hawkins, given his current run. Yeah, that's I think right. that's fair. All right, another number, please. All right, the next number is eight hundred and seventy. Eight seventy, sending you to the other end oh. of oh. the list. I'm going to let you talk about this because eight hundred and seventy is Luchasaurus. <laughs> Luchasaurus is, uh, geez, what is his actual name? I'm forgetting now. It's like. Uh, Mm, Vibra, maybe? Yeah, Vibra. I think that's it. No, um, it's Luchasaurus. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. But uh, he's he's this really tall fellow in Lucha Underground. He's part of the Dragon Clan, I guess, along with uh, Cobra Moon and... Jeez, uh, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Not Drago. Drago got abducted by them at one point in the storyline. But uh, anyways, Vibra is very impressive. He's this six-foot-tall, maybe taller, just... You know, specimen of, I would say a man, but his face is just covered in the most ridiculous silicon dinosaur mask that you've ever seen. Like, I don't know how you breathe in that thing. I don't know how you see out of it, but it's... I mean, in terms of those those lucha style masks, and you know, we were very impressed with Drago's mask, and you know how ornate that is. But like this, just looks like a like it's like they took a movie quality monster mask, and they just stuck it on a dude bare chest, leather pants, and said, "Ah, go be a wrestler." Um, you know, so that's his claim to fame is definitely that mask. I will say, mm-hmm. he seemed to be a a competent. Uh, tall man wrestler. I hesitate to say big man because he, he's not really that large. He, he's more like a Baron Corbin type. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, little background for you, besides the fact that he holds a degree in medieval literature, which I will always appreciate, hmm. um, he wrestled for WWE in the F. This is before NXT, so he was in kind of FCW. His name was Judas Devlin. Hmm. Um, and he is one of the ones who uh, brought some 
allegations against Bill DeMott and kind of got him released from, or he actually wound up resigning from the company. So that's kind of his WWE claim to fame. Is, is kind He's of a whistleblower and who will never get another shot, huh? Probably not. Now, so again, I remember seeing him and going, what in the world is this? Yeah, I do. I think I saw one match. He had a nice kind of kneeling tombstone yeah. that I liked. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm going to default to you, sir. Where does he rank? Is he in the? Is he in Drago territory at number forty eight? Is he more? It's probably a bit da- below Drago. The Dante Fox territory at number eighty two. Again, I'm looking for Lucha I'm gonna go, guys here. I'm going to go above Dante Fox. I'm even going to go okay. above Dragon Azteca Junior. Sure. Um, I think I'd be happy seeing. I mean, because again, he seems like a very competent wrestler, and that mask is one of the coolest wrestle silly things I think I've ever seen. So there, it gets some points from me. Um, it's long, right? Like it extends. He has a snout, yes, if I remember correct. Correct. It actually, it's it's like it's almost like I said, it's almost like it's a mask for an animatronic dinosaur from a movie or something. And he's just he's just wearing it. It's really strange. Never seen anything like it on a person before. Um, I think I could put him maybe at number 75. I'd be comfortable, right? Above Rich Swan, above Angelico, but not quite at that Samir uh, Singh territory. Okay, not quite in, not quite Kurt Hawkins, but in the ballpark of Kurt Hawkins. No, no, but yeah. All right. I enjoyed Luchasaurus quite a bit. Number 75. I hope if you choose to give Lucha Underground Season 4 a chance, I hope Luchasaurus will be there. Me too. Another number, please. 181. Poor Favor. 181, you said? That is correct. 181 brings us to... Uh, gotcha. Ping pong on my, this list. One of my favorites and yours. Oh? Tajiri. Oh, Tajiri. Yes, the Green Mist fellow. Uh, uh, purveyor of the, of the uh, Tarantula submission move, if I recall. And also, one of the greatest entrance themes of all time! Okay, I won't say greatest, but definitely memorable. Like, when that first sort of chord hits, you know, you knew exactly who was coming out. It was definitely very uh, distinctive. I enjoyed seeing him in the cruiserweight classic. He didn't he didn't advance as far as I think either of us would have liked, but he did the wily veteran role very well, if I remember correctly. He did, that. and actually I was sort of hoping that it would have resulted in a little bit of a comeback to the main roster for him, because frankly, he seemed like he hadn't really lost much of a step despite having, you know, a significant amount of gray added to his hair at this point. Uh he still looked like he was you know, Tajiri, that that little mm-hmm. slithery serpent type, whatever you want to call him. Uh, didn't he get a, a, a job backstage after that, though? Wasn't it? Really? I believe so. I think they kind of hired him because with Asuka and with Shinsuke and with Hideo, I think they kind of wanted to have someone with WWE experience who also had the Japanese experience um, to kind of serve as a guide and a mentor. So that I believe sense. he is employed with them. Um, but he had a great team with William Regal. He was cruiserweight champion a number of times. He had a great ECW career. I like Tajiri quite a bit. Uh, I would even say... And this might be bold of me, Doc mm-hmm. Manson, but okay. I would even say I like Tajiri more than I like Heidenreich at 38. Hmm. 
Would you disagree? No, I would not disagree. Heidenreich is some great wrestle silly, but to Jiri, I was always impressed with as a wrestling performer. Um, he had a gimmick. He had that mist. You know, he he's just he's just good. He's just good. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. Great entrance. He just had to bring it up because because we didn't um, get to play the music when we first. We have yet to play the theme, and I'm pretty sure we said we might try to play it every single week. Okay. Um, how do you feel about Tajiri versus Haku? I love me some Haku, but I would you know because again, looking at the names above that, like Tajiri might go above Tatanka. Like we're getting close, you know. I that would Billy be comfortable. Gun- that Billy Gunn Fandango area is about where I'm thinking. Yeah, and I'm actually thinking he might be at the top of that area. Um, How would you compare him to Our Truth at 28? Personally, I think I like Tajiri better. I can't say that Tajiri had a better career than Our Truth. Our Truth did win the NWA World Title, might have won the TNA World Title. Yeah, he did. But I like Tajiri. I like Tajiri more. Yeah. So we're slotting him at 28, right under Alexa Bliss? Um, I don't know if he's done climbing this list. Really? Yeah. How high? Are, are we going above Drew McIntyre at 25? We can't be entering him in the top 20. He's no. not in the Dolph Ziggler category. Probably not top 20. But I think I would be comfortable placing Tajiri above Drew McIntyre. Below Dean Malenko, below Rick Martel, but below, but above Drew McIntyre, above Emma, above Alexa Bliss, even, even though Alexa Bliss has had a great career, mm-hmm. um, she's still on well, the rise. Well, you know, she is, she is. I would actually, if we were doing the thing where we were rearranging things, you know, I might think that her performance at Elimination Chamber for me might have moved her above Emma, but we don't have to have that discussion. We've still got a thousand names to go <laughs> on the list. I'm, I'm happy with that. All right, Tajiri, the new 25th greatest wrestler of all time in between Rick Martel and Drew McIntyre. I like it. I don't I don't know that people will necessarily agree, but I'm happy with it. Yeah. Do you think people, know- uh, do you think there are people who don't think as highly of Tajiri? I do. I think people think he hmm. was a comedy. I don't know that there are people who appreciate Russell Silly. There are some people who do not appreciate Russell Silly as much as you and I do. I guess that's fair. I guess that's Another fair. number, please. The next number on the list will be 694. 694. Another name that's going to be high up there. Okay. El Matador Tito Santana. Tito Santana. Hmm. <laughs> now, El Matador was not the high point of Tito's career, or as Bobby the Brain Heenan always called him, Chico Santana. Right, yeah. Because um, he was racist. All I remember of Tito Santana is the Matador, though. If you go back and watch the early, the 80s, Tito yeah. Santana was your stereo, not stereotypical, was your classic mid-card babyface. You were going to see a lot of matches with Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior teaming with Tito Santana so that the bad guys could win, but it was because Tito Santana took the fall. I see. 
So okay. he was the, you know what I mean? He was the guy who did, you know, had a nice team. The World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years. The revolutionary okay. in sports This is a very distinctive theme. It's amazing they gave him the whole company. Who is this? Carlito? Caribbean Cool? No, that would be Tito Santana's theme. Not to be confused with his El Matador theme, which I could also play for you if you'd like. Oh, yeah, but... give me a little bit of that, actually. I'd like to know if that, if it rings any bells for me. <laughs> Apparently there's an intro. Uh-huh. I miss this logo. You can't see it, but I miss this logo. It was a good logo. Okay, then we can stop that. No. No, that is not doing anything for me. Just as the Matador did nothing for me as a child. Because he would walk out and go, Olé! And he would spin his cape. Because they literally took a guy who had given them 10-plus years, Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champion, and made him a Matador. It kind of sounds like Los Matadors when you describe it that way. Oh, he absolutely. I am shocked that he didn't make a return for some old school Raw as leading them to battle. Ole! I believe I believe he's now like a high school teacher. I'm pretty sure Tito huh. Santana is now a high school teacher somewhere. Well, you opened this conversation by saying you thought he was going to place rather highly on this list, so I'm going to need to hear some justification. Because frankly, I, I can think of him as being a solid hand. I can think of him as having more name recognition than the Horner line, so I can see him being well above that. But Tito, Tito Santana in the 80s was your guy. Classic matches with Randy Savage, classic matches with, you know, all of the great heels of that time. And again, like he was, you know, if you watch those Survivor Series, he's on the main event teams. He's just kind of the other guy on those main event teams. But a great feud with Rick Martel, great team. Then when Rick Martel turned on him, Great run there. Had a nice finisher. El Pas- well, I think that's what uh, they called it in... When he was El Matador, it was El Pasio de la Muerte. The Pass of Death, which was this flying forearm smash sort of okay. thing. All right. I would say, if it were up to me... Yeah, opening he's not. He's not at Rick Martel's level, but I think he's at the Billy Gunn level, somewhere in the, in the low 30s. Really? You I would think that so. Tito Santana... Is better than. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. looking at it. Okay. Better than better than Magnum TA, Tatanka, Chris Sabin. I would even say like again, I love me some Billy Gunn, but I could say Tito probably you know didn't win as many titles as Billy Gunn did, but you know was was as big of a name as Billy Gunn. So maybe I'd go at 34, but. He's in there. You know, he's not that far off from Rick Martel, okay. to, to be entirely honest. I think I can... Okay. I think I can support that decision. 34? Although, I mean, I will say, 34, putting him above Chris Sabin, you know, Chris Sabin, nobody ever asked him to be a matador, so, you know. I bet he would have if they did, though. Yeah, probably. All right. Another number, please. 754. 754, I give you Cody Michaels? Who the hell is Cody Michaels? The the long-lost son of Cody Rhodes and Shawn Michaels? 
<laughs> You're lying to me. <laughs> I am, because I have no idea. Oh, no, I don't want to look up Cody Michaels' piano. I'm Mark sure he's Keenan, Better known by his ring name, Cody Michaels Jr., former professional wrestler. After suffering a serious neck injury, Michaels returned... Retired, 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 and has worked behind the scenes as a booker and promoter. I'm so sorry he had to retire. <laughs> he won championships uh, in the American State Wrestling Association, in Steel City Wrestling, and in the United States Wrestling Association. Uh, one time as a tag team with Jeff Jarrett. I had no idea about any of this. Um, friend of Brian Hildebrand, a.k.a. Mark Curtis, great re- He referee. was part of the tag team The Heartbreakers with Dick Flanagan and was managed by <laughs> Captain Lou Albano. Well, I am sure he belongs on this list, and maybe he's a name that our good buddy Jeremy knows a little bit about, but I don't think he, you know, Opponents neither of us have seen included Steve Austin. Eddie Gilbert, Foley, the Iron Sheik, the Fabulous Ones, and Douglas. And if Shane you look Douglas. at his Wikipedia picture, that's some bleached blonde hair right there. Yeah, but if you look at like all the other pictures, no, that he's, is a, the he's clearly only one. not. Yeah. Um, I, I believe we need to thank you, Cody Michaels, for your service. But I believe we need to go to the uh, to the women's list. I need a number between one and eighty-two. Okay, the list is uh, the number rather. Is three. Number three, I give you Gail Kim. Hmm. This is going to be an interesting conversation because I feel like within our circle of friends, we have a very high appreciation for Gail Kim. And people who are only familiar with her work through the WWE might not share that opinion. You had to see some of her TNA stuff, but even her WWE stuff was very good. She was clearly a very talented in-ring wrestler. Yeah, it just seems like they don't ever give her the credit that she's due. No. Maybe that's... No. Um, but yes, she she had a great... You know, I, I think of her now because she's married to the guy from one of, like, the celebrity chefs, Robert he, Irvin. Right, Ir- Robert Irvine from Restaurant Impossible. That's the guy. Yeah. Um, he, I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Irvine, but this guy is, like, a former uh, British Navy guy. Yeah. Like He He's is built military. like a like brick house. It looks, and Gail Kim is a little lady, and I can't help but think about what that coitus might look like. <laughs> I, I, really, I really could have gone all day without hearing the word coitus. I could have gone all day, well into tomorrow. Not a word I needed to hear. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah. But not nothing about coitus then. Uh, moving right along... Gail Kim is a fantastic wrestler, a, a submission specialist uh, in her own right. She does, what is that, the octopus stretch or something? Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. an amazing looking move. Better than anybody. Great. Yeah, I mean, probably the Would first say... woman who I loved in terms of her submissions. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I initially saw Asuka and, you know, was a big fan of hers, it, you know... I, Part of it was, you know, seeing some of that Gail Kim in there. 
Sure. Let me just let's let's cut right to the chase. Is she better than Natalia, currently at twenty one? Yeah, I think so. Is she better than Nikki Bella, currently at nineteen? That I mean, I don't know if she's had a better career than Nikki Bella, but mm-hmm. I think she's a better performer, and she's definitely won championships. Did she ever win the WWE um, Divas or? Whatever the championship, I am sure she. Then. Well, yeah, because they were two. There was the divas title and the women's title. I'm sure right. she won at least one of them. Yeah, I know she definitely won the TNA women's title. I, you know, Nikki Bella is so highly ranked on this list because of just the, you know, the not the celebrity, but she was the woman of WWE for a while there before the women's revolution got started. I don't think you could say that about Gail Kim. However, she might have been the knockout of the knockouts division for quite a while. True. She definitely was. She definitely was, like, the head of that knockouts division in in TNA. I could put her at 20, above Dolph Ziggler. Mm Mm-hmm. Or I could put her at 21, just above Natalia. You can't put Um, her above Nikki Bella? Do I like her more than Nikki Bella? Of course. But I I, I try to remember that this is not a list of our favorites. It's a list of... Well, then, in which case, let's put her at 18 and put her above Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Eh, maybe. I don't think I can go much higher than that, because then you're into Farouk at 17 and Sasha Banks at 16. So 18 is as high as I'll go, and I would go as low as 21, because I do think she's had a better career than Natalia. I don't remember Gail Kim ever getting uh, saddled with the bad gimmicks that Natalia has had in her life. No. Um, do you think? Do you? What do you honestly think about Gail Kim versus Dolph Ziggler? Both fantastic wrestlers. Dolph Ziggler probably has accomplished more in terms of championships. Well, but, but but and part of that is the WWE versus the TNA, and the fact that just. Most people view men's titles higher than the... Like, Dolph Ziggler had a memorable Money in the Bank cash-in. I don't think there's an equatable opportunity for women's wrestlers. True. Yeah, that's true. So it's kind of difficult to compare. Again, you can tell me that Dolph Ziggler is better than Gail Kim, and I'm fine with that. But, so, like I said, anywhere from 18 to 21, I'm happy. I just can't decide whether I want her above or below Dolph Ziggler. That's all. I guess above. I guess above. All right. I do think Gail Kim is very good. I'd like to point out that we now have one, two, three, four women in the top 20. Now, granted, we have no women in the top 10 right now, but four women in the top 20. Yeah. I will say I'm getting a little worried about the clustering of women uh, in the late teens. Well, it's from 15 to 30, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Yeah. There are seven women from 15 to 30. And again, as we get more big names, that'll start to flesh itself out, I think. I would think so. All right. Another number, please, Mr. Yawning Man. 279. 279. Mysterioso. Is that Rey Mysterio? It is not. I saw it today, it, though, however. Is it Rey Mysterio Sr.? 
No. Oh. I like that the first thing is it tells me what it means in Spanish. Thank you, Google Translate. I appreciate that. Uh, it's also an album by Thelonious Monk. It doesn't make me feel very good about this. You know, a obviously a luchador wrestled for wrestled mainly Isn't for Mysterio. The name of that superhero from South Park with the question mark on his forehead. I have no idea because I think I've watched zero episodes of South Park in the last decade. Oh, that's too bad. You've missed out on the on the absolute best seasons of that show. He was trained by Rey Mysterio Sr. He wrestled as the Centipede and the Predator. I see. So it can't be all bad. Mysterion Um, is the superhero identity of Kenny McCormick, who appears in the episodes The Coon, Coon 2, Mysterion Rises, Coon vs. Coon and Friends, and The Poor Kid. Thank you. Um, but yes, wrestled for wrestled for AAA and CMLL, the two biggest promotions of Mexico. Okay. But I have never watched him wrestle, so you know this is the this is the issue we run into here. Is now we're going to go back to the women? I would assume, unless you want to, unless you feel like we've added enough women. We've already added Gail Kim and Piper Niven. We could just do another male name. It's up to you. When I've searched for Mysterio Wrestler, I don't get this gentleman. <laughs> Mysterioso. That's his name. He's Mysterioso. Oh, Mysterioso. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, let me just see here. There's not even a photo on his Wikipedia page. No. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. So again, I say to you, I either need another number for the men's list or a number for the women's list. I'm pretty sure that's a picture of Sin Cara. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I think we're going to just take another number from the men's list. Sure. We'll eliminate Mysterioso. And we now will go with number 580. 580 brings us to... Here's a name we can discuss. The MVP of Sanity. It's Killian Dane. You really think he's the MVP of Sanity? It's either him or Nikki Cross. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably give it to Nikki Cross personally, but Killian Dane is very impressive. Another impressive big man wrestler, um, only getting his start in NXT WWE, but he wrestled for some time in other promotions, did he not? Under different names. Big Demo. Yes, Big Demo. Who's a monster of the UK. Yeah. Um, So this has got a gentleman who clearly does have some history behind him. And I'm very excited to see where his WWE career goes. Ah, yeah, that Irish Sanity Phoenix. I'm a fan that they did kind of different versions. Yeah, me too, actually. But they kept that, you know, that dissonance and the the sound effects consistent between the uh, different versions. You know, I, I don't know that Eric Young has his own version, but Nikki Cross has one and Killian Dane has Well, I one. think it's understood that Eric Young's is the original is version. Is probably true. All right, so yes, Killian Dane, I doubt he is in Abyss territory yet, but that's kind of who I think of. Um, right. So yeah, let's see. I don't think he's that high on the list. Abyss at 23 to orient our readers. Well, let's see. We've each clicked a place here. You've oh, I didn't clicked... click anything. Oh, 
I was like, you're ranking him with the blue meanie? No, 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 no. Would you rank him higher than the blue meanie? Yes. Would you rank him higher than Aiden English at number 60? Yes. Would you rank him higher than Amish Roadkill at number 53? Please remember that Amish Roadkill was Amish. It's true. Yeah, I mean, yes, I think I'm happy even... I mean, I, I, I think I rank him higher than Candice LeRae at 52, um, but I start having trouble getting higher than that, I think. I think you're right. You know, again, my gut is to put him higher than Del Rio, but that's not fair. Alberto I mean, that's Rio, you clearly, making a list of your favorites. Yes, clearly has had the better career. Um, Drago at 51 sounds about right. We're in that area, 51, 52. Yeah, I mean, I think I like... I like I like Drago a whole lot is the thing. Yeah. Um but I mean in terms of career trajectory looking towards the future, I mean I do feel like Killian Dane is on the rise. So in an effort to future proof this list as much as we can without actually seeing the future, I sure. I think maybe I would rank him above Drago as well. Do you feel like Killian Dane has a higher ceiling than Mike Canellis, who is next up at fifty? I don't know. Mike Kanellis could be something. He so could be. It's hard to say. It's it's weird, though, because he's still not on TV. He's healthy. He's out of rehab. He's been wrestling on house shows. He is still... Now, maybe they're waiting for Maria, because I'm pretty sure Maria's pregnant. She is. So maybe, maybe they're figuring That's there's probably no point. The That's actually probably... That would be smart. Um... I'm happy with 50 or 51. Because Mike Canales, I, I do think the best is yet to come from both of these talents. I'm going to put him at 51 for now. But... Fine. But I like... I like him a whole lot. Killian Dane, the 51st greatest wrestler of all time. He is on the top half of this <clears throat> list. Another number, please. All right. The next number is 606. Not going too far. 606. Flying Brian Pillman. Ooh, Brian Pillman. Now that is yes. a name. That is a name of uh, you know quite almost two separate careers because he was Flying Brian, top cruiser, you know, top light heavyweight in WCW, kind of in the similar vein to Tito Santana. He was part of the you know the main event scene because he could lose and it would be okay. Um, the Hollywood Blondes, fantastic tag team with stunning Steve Austin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then he suffered an injury, kind of lost the the high-flying abilities. I think he destroyed his ankle, if I remember correctly. And then became the loose cannon Brian Pillman and had an entire second half of his career. Yeah, Brian Pillman, the loose cannon, is the Pillman that I remember. Although well, I do remember, um, I guess, the Hollywood Blondes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. I really liked his, you know, that that unpredictable character of his. Um, he was he was just one of those character types that I definitely gravitate towards. Very interesting theme. Almost like circus music, from what I'm hearing. 
Yeah, totally goes, you know, I was expecting the Psycho Sid music, which is some of my favorites. I'm excited to be able to play that when we get to Sid on the list. Um, but yeah, you know, there was the whole thing where Austin was coming to his house and Brian Pillman had a gun and that was very edgy in the Attitude Era. I don't know if you remember that. Mm, no. Okay. Great Raw segment where Austin, like, breaks through the door of the house and... Pillman's got a gun, and then the camera kind of. Oh yeah, no, out. I do remember that. But it's always talked about, um, you know, in a negative light. I feel like as as being an example of the Attitude Era going so ridiculously far that it was stupid. You know what I mean? It wasn't the you know it was. I remember as a kid being like, "Oh man, he's got a gun. What is going on here?" But you know, it doesn't age well. Like much of the Attitude Era doesn't age well. Um, yeah, that's fair. So. <sighs> Again, Pillman didn't win a huge number of titles. That that uh, that ankle injury kind of derailed his career, especially since then he developed, I think, an addiction to painkillers, which I believe led to his early death. So, you know, his he could have been much better than he was, but still, he was a significant part of the 90s. Um, I'm looking at Jason Jordan at number 46. Brian Pillman is not the son of a Hall of Famer, but... You know, he had he did have a longer career than Jason Jordan had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm looking at the top part of this list to see if I can rank him any higher. Mm, I mean... No, I mean, I think, that's, I think you're right. I think you're in the right territory. You know, I you could say he had a better career than The Amazing Red because The Amazing Red didn't have the WWE experience, and I'm not going to argue. But then we're getting into Bobby Lashley and Tori Wilson, and it's hard to say Brian Pillman was better than that. I mean, I will say that Brian Pillman ostensibly is better than Stacey Keebler at 47, but I still feel like Stacey Keebler's got better name recognition. Oh, clearly. And, I, you know, I, I think... So I don't know. I th- I might even see him just below that, maybe at forty eight, ahead of Johnny Ace. I think that's fair. Yeah, I I'm think fine so. with that. All right, forty eight again, top of the list. And this is what's going to happen, folks. Is you know, I don't know that anyone said we certainly didn't get the feedback from it. But you know, if you're looking for names to enter the t- the top ten here, it'll happen eventually. But, you know, a lot of this list is going to be kind of this top third, middle third sort of thing. I'd like to point out, we have put no one below the Horner line yet. Yeah, it's been a good day for that. Um, 409. Unless you're, Let's see what unless 409 you're a fan. Is. Unless you're a fan of Tim Horner. Uh, 409. <laughs> Isn't that a cleaning thing? Yeah. 409. The smaller member of the Ascension, it is Victor. I thought that was the larger one. What's the other guy's nope. name? Connor. There's Connor. Connor and Victor. You're right. Victor is the small one. So Connor is the one Victor who got is busted, right? Yes. Victor is the one who looks remarkably like Christopher Daniels. Like, remarkably like Christopher Daniels. I also feel like he kind of looks like Neville if Neville deflated. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Are, are you, you know, while we're on the subject, are you buying into the rumors that Neville could return either after WrestleMania or even at WrestleMania? I think it's certainly possible. I mean, when you first left, you heard that Vince McMahon himself was trying to get him back in the company. So uh, I think there's definitely some positivity there. He's kept his mouth shut. He hasn't gone out there bad-mouthing anyone, I think. No, he's been, he's been silent. Correct. So I kind of feel like 
you know, he did what he had to do, but he didn't go out of his way to burn bridges. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there is a distinct possibility he could be back. No, you know, I could see this as Vince being like, look, take six months. Take a break. Yeah. We'll come back after WrestleMania. You know, maybe we can make you a big part of the superstar shakeup. You'll be out of the cruiserweight division. We'll see if we can get you back on track. See if you can feel like you're back on track. Sure. Right. All right. Speaking of Um, Victor, though. (laughs) Sorry. Victor's been wrestling for almost 20 years. He started in 1999. I trained in the Hart Dungeon. You know, Stu Hart and the Hart Brothers uh, training him. You know, has been wrestling for the WWE since 2011. Doing, you know, a lot of NXT and FCW again, but has had a nice career. I like Victor. I think he's quite talented. Um, you know, it's a shame that the Ascension peaked in NXT, though I suppose that's that's what I worry about with, like, the Authors of Pain, is that they're not going to get no. any better no. than well, they did. I, I don't know if they're going to get any better than they did, but they're going to come to the main roster, and we are going to see them for some time. Authors of pain. They're too. They're, they are physically too large and imposing for them not to be used. I, I suppose think. that's true. Um, um. So yeah. So again, you know, Victor's not going to rank pretty high on this list because he hasn't had a whole lot to speak of in his career outside of the NXT stuff. Um. I opening salvo. Uh. Seventy six. I think Kerr Hawkins should be higher than Victor. Okay. 77. Kurt- <laughs> okay. You you would rank him above Luchasaurus? I think I... No, I mean, I don't really want to rank him above Luchasaurus, but then I start looking at some other names in this area, Samir Singh. I mean, at least Victor wrestles. Um, true. True. Although Samir Singh wrestled as part of the Cruiserweight Classic. True. But also, I mean, like, don't forget, and while the peak may have been in NXT, they were like this... They were a force in that tag division for some time. They were undefeated, longest reigning tag champions for a long time before True. before the tag division in NXT really took off, admittedly. True. This was when, when we started, back when we were the number two contenders and we weren't even podcasting, I was writing NXT top tens with the Ascension at the top. So I suppose I do need to recall that. Right. So maybe he does go above Kurt Hawkins, though... You know, the next name on the list is Evan Bourne. I don't know if we can go higher than that. No, we cannot, which is where uh, I, I, why then, I placed him where I did. Then I then I apologize for wasting your time, and we will place <laughs> him at 76, which is where you wanted him this whole time. Well, you know, I understand that we had to have a little bit of uh, discourse. All right. Another number, please. All right. The next number is 62. 62... The big 6-2. I just watched this guy. Literally, yes. No, not yesterday. Friday. I just watched this guy wrestle. His name is Bull Payne. Not to be confused with Bull Dempsey. Bull Payne. All right. Um, You're going to have to lead me on this one, DC, because you just saw him wrestle. Imagine a member of Demolition that looks worse. Hmm. He was when I watched him. It was 1999 WCW. He's bald. He's wearing the black leather. He's got the spikes. He does have that sort of creepy Fifty Shades of Grey look. He was bad. Hmm. 
And he was wrestling Lex Luger, who was also not great. Mm-mm. So it it was just it was not a fun thing to watch. This guy goes below the Horner line. The Horner line currently is at one hundred and four out of a possible one hundred and twenty seven. He is not a solid hand. Um, and I'm even looking at this: David Otunga higher, Jim Powers higher. Uh, David Flair, maybe not as high, or maybe not higher than David Flair. But in that, again, 114, 115 sort of But you're of saying that this me. fellow was better than Shayna Baszler? I'm happy making Bull Payne the worst wrestler of all time. <laughs> I am happy with that. He was, he tried, th- he tried doing some aerial moves, which I give him credit for, but at one point he went for like a second rope elbow and missed by about three feet. Like he almost just kind of tripped and just fell forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was bad. If you want to, if you want to put him at 128 and make him the worst wrestler of all time, I am okay with that. You know, I, again, I, I'm relying on you to guide this, but so it is written, so <laughs> it shall come to pass. Bull Payne is the new. Yeah, I'd give me Nathan Jones and Marty Bell before making me watch another Bull Payne match. All right, that's fair. All right, Oof. we are coming up on. Oh no, we still got ten minutes. All right, another number, please. Uh, four hundred and ten. Four hundred and ten. I like this guy, Danny Spivey. Okay. Tell me about Danny Spivey. Do you remember Waylon Mercy? Were you watching wrestling for Waylon Mercy in the mid-90s, like 95? The name sounds he familiar. Looked, he looked like Bray Wyatt. Had the Hawaiian shirt and all of that sort of thing. Okay. Had a little knife. You know, it was supposed to be like a knife tattoo on his forehead. Um, you know, I always used to say... You know, you know what oh, I mean. Oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, Waylon Mercy. I, now this is the second half. Waylon Mercy, Dan Spivey was part of the Battle Royal at WrestleMania two, which had the NFL players in it. Yeah, like he wrestled as part of the skyscrapers in WCW with the Undertaker before he was the Undertaker with Sid. Like this guy had a long career, and then in the nineties they decided to put a Hawaiian shirt on him, give him a white tank top. And white pants, and he he was terrifying as Waylon Mercy. Yeah, they, they put was, like that tattoo on his forehead. Yeah, he had the sleeper hold, and he would kind of like rock. Like once the guy fell asleep, he would kind of rock him, and like I remember this guy. Lay him down. He was I loved creepy. Waylon Mercy. It was a great character. Uh, this guy just looks like like all his pictures. These are like professional wrestling pictures, but in all of these pictures. It looks like a mugshot. Did this guy do time? Because this guy looks like he had to have done time at some point in his life. I believe that's probably what they were going for, but I don't know that Dan Spivey... But yeah, I'm a fan of Dan Spivey, a.k.a. Waylon Mercy. I might even write him on the list as Waylon Mercy. You should write him as Waylon Mercy. I looked up Waylon Mercy, and again, as soon as I saw that picture, it it all came flooding back. This is a guy I didn't know that I knew, but I know him. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he is definitely like Bray Wyatt definitely took some, you know, especially uh NXT Bray Wyatt. I'm he not. wore the Hawaiian shirt. He had the white pants. I'm like, going to go ahead was... and say this guy is ranking above <laughs> Bray Wyatt on this list. He's far well, more effective than to Bray Wyatt's ever been for me. Oh, come on now. Bray okay. Wyatt is a former world champion. I will have you know, sir. Yeah, barely. 
barely counts. <laughs> um, I don't want to say he's better than Heidenreich, but, but that's kind of what. But that's you're going to say he's better than Heidenreich. No, but that's immediately where I'm going. He's in the Heidenreich area. If you want to say he's a couple of spots lower than Heidenreich because he didn't write poetry, that's fine. But that's kind of where yeah. I'm at with the, especially just Waylon Mercy. Like I'm forgetting the rest of Dan Spivey's career. Just that character alone, super memorable. I like it. I like it. Like what? Forty-one, forty. Putting him right above Heidenreich. Yeah. The greatest tag team that never was. Wayland Mercy and Heidenreich. Yeah, right? Oh, man. I got to go buy WWE 2K18 now. <laughs> Just going to make that team. Man. The number 41, 41st greatest wrestler of all time, Wayland Mercy. Wayland Mercy. All right. Um, next number on the list, 654. 654. Another great character, a little earlier, the Warlord. Ah, the Warlord. Yes. Yeah, One half guy. of the powers of pain. Yeah, this guy had a very uh, distinctive look, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. He was the typical 80s, like, let me find a bodybuilder and put that face gonna, paint you know, on him. Well, yeah. Oh, and then he, at one point he had the mask, like he almost had like a Phantom of the Opera mask, and he carried a wand with like a W. Again, Google it. Hmm. It, yeah, it's ridiculous that look. I like that look better than the face painted look that he had with the powers of pain. But um, I remember the powers winning like a Survivor Series match or something yep. early on with Mister Fuji. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were. They were. You know, a knockoff of the Road Warriors. They were a knockoff of the Legion of Doom. Um, Ooh. He also has um, this claim to fame. Uh, Lasted only two seconds in the Royal Rumble, a record which stood for 20 years before being broken by Santino Marilla. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Correct. Uh, So... So, yeah, oh, I, can't I mean, wait that for was. Santino to be on this list. Look out, top 10. Santino Morella's coming for you. Sure is. Sure is. That's, I mean, that's still a pretty notable record to have. Um... It is. No, he had a great, you know, he had a very good uh, WWF career. And again, like that look mm. with the silver thing and the wand, I got to look it up now. Because... I mean, I mean, we just were talking about this Wayland Mercy guy um, who I appreciate a lot for the performance, I think. But, I mean, if I'm thinking just about the gimmick, I think Warlord's above Wayland Mercy. Interesting. Have you, have you seen the look? Like, have you Googled the pictures of him with the no. weird shoulder pads? Oh, man. You're Let missing out. You're missing out. Let me look at the list here, what you're saying. You're saying above 41. <sighs> oh, that's Scepter. Oh, it's so Yeah. Good. Yeah, he looks like the oh, Weather Wizard or something. so good. <laughs> Um, it's like you took one of the Legion of Doom and made him evil. Yeah, that's essentially that's kind of what they were going for with that. Oh, I don't know if I can put him above Wayland Mercy though. Really? Like that character stuck with you. The Warlord's look sticks with you, but yeah. Wayland, like I couldn't tell you what the Warlord's character was besides being big and strong and carrying around a scepter with a W on it. But in all fairness, the scepter was only a small portion of that career. That's true. 
That's true. He was also. So where are you thinking then? I'm down at like again the kind of fifty area. You know what I mean? Like Bobby Lashley, maybe not as long of a career, but certainly more high points. I'd like to see the Bobby Lashley walk around with a scepter with an L on it. Uh, you know, maybe above Johnny Ace, maybe above. Maybe, you could even say above Brian Pillman. Hmm. You know, I could go as high as above Lashley and you know into the low forties, like forty-four above Tory Wilson. But again, I'm thinking like forty-six above the Amazing Red. Yeah, above okay. Jason Jordan. Yep. Dare I say, above Stacey Keebler. That's fine. Remember when she started out, she was 42. Now she's down to 49. Mm. All right. We've got time for probably one or two more names. Do you want to make another? Do you want to round out the list with a, a female name? Do you Absolutely. Want to just pick, give me a female number, please. 67. 67, I give you... Tanera Conti, again, of the May Young Classic, and now in NXT. What was that name again? Tanara Conti? Conti. Like I don't know how you would pronounce it. Okay, just checking. <laughs> what? Nothing. I don't get it. That's fine. Okay. Um, you know, she had the Brazilian background, the martial arts background. She's wrestled. She's been a part of NXT. How do you how do you spell this first name? Tainara. T A Y N A R A. Tainara. Okay, I could not find this person. Uh, oh, her. She was okay. Yeah. Again, had some submission background. She's she's done stuff. She was messing around with or messing around. She was she had a little mini feud with Nikki Cross. And she's I think she yeah, I think you already said this, but she's got a, reg, a legitimate like uh yes. background. Yeah. Legitimate MMA kind of Brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah. of the Gracie family line background. Yeah, she um, was good. She was. And, and she again, got she, and, she was one of the ones who got picked up to a contract, right? Yeah. And she I think she cost she came out and interfered, cost Nikki Cross a chance for the title. So then she wrestled Nikki Cross in a crazy match. So yeah, she's she's got some potential there. She's going to be one of the ones that, along with Whip Your Hair, Bianca Belair, she's going to be one of the ones who's kind of leading the. Um, but again, right now, again, I'd put Abby Lath higher than her at sixty. Okay. But I would. I liked her more than I liked Piper Niven. Do you like her better than you like Mantar? <laughs> no. <laughs> what a ridiculous question. Do you like her better than Lars Sullivan? Personally, also, probably no, right? Personally, not. But then again, if you want to say she's had a better, like she had a better showing, she's you know, Lars Sullivan has done a couple of things for NXT, but he hasn't done a whole lot yet. So right. if you want to tell me she should be there at seventy-one. In between Blue Meanie and Lars Sullivan, I'll I'll accept that. Um, I don't feel strongly about it. I, I honestly think she could go you, above. You sound or below like you Lars. feel the only thing you feel strongly about is to go take a nap. That's what you feel strongly <laughs> about right now. What can I tell you, man? I, I must have tossed and turned all last night. What can I tell you? Just dreaming well, of the list. It's a well, that's nice. It's either seventy-one or seventy-two. So she's either above Lars Sullivan or she's under Lars Sullivan.
I'm just going to let you hang on that one. Oh, coitus. <laughs> uh, let's put her at 72. All right, 72. And I, I got to get one more name because, again, we, we've put one person, I think, in the top 20 this week. But I feel like we should we should try our luck with the men's list one more time just to see if we get lucky. One last number, I beg you. 312. 312. Be a good one, be a good one, be a good one. Mr. Kennedy Anderson Kennedy I'll take it I'll take that as our last name for this week again not going to crack the top 20 I liked Mr. Kennedy Mr. Kennedy was fantastic he had a great gimmick I loved the, the, the microphone coming down from the ceiling the fact that he announced himself and gave Tommy Chimmel the hardest time of his life it was all good stuff. I, I liked that character. I liked where they were building with him. It really seemed like he was there were he was a possibility to come out as Vince McMahon's son in that in that storyline they'd been running on SmackDown. Um, it, he was oh, excellent. Man. He was very charismatic. He even had the. I wonder if that you know again. I'm not going to say WWE has great long term booking, but he was named like it's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh huh. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, he had that finisher, the Green Bay Plunge, mm-hmm. which was very good. Um, That's he, the Samoan drop that he does the flip with, right? I mean, originally, he did it from the second rope, and then they yes. stopped doing that. But yeah, yeah, real good move. Um, you know, he was injury prone. What was mm-hmm. the, was the, at least the reputation that got built around him. And eventually, he got let go. After a match in which I guess Randy Orton complained that he'd been working too stiff, um, <laughs> so that and that ended his time in the WWE. He was picked up not long after by TNA, where he debuted as Mr. Anderson, same gimmick. Um, very soon he became known as the asshole, Mr. Anderson, literally on television. Um, it was a great character. It really was just amping that up. But not long after that, like he started wearing camo. And, like, he started wearing, like, a baseball cap. And he just started acting like, like, just, like, real low. I don't know how the right way to say this. Um, like a member of the Redneck Reppin' Crew? Yeah, yes. And it just... Didn't work for you? It no longer worked for me. And it seemed like he really stuck with that character throughout his tenure in TNA. And he just never recovered from it for hmm. me. Is he still wrestling? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. But he burned bright. He had, you know, for for a brief minute, he was good. I'm looking at, again, we keep going back to the same spot, but how do you feel about him and Jason Jordan? Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. I love that initial gimmick. I really do. I mean, that initial gimmick of his, I think, puts him in the Heidenreich territory, at least. Okay. But then knowing what I know about his time afterwards... He was fired from TNA in March 2016 for failing a drug test. Correct. And That's then right. has wrestled has wrestled for various independents, owns a wrestling school, I think in Minnesota, but but that's about it. 
he kind of he kind of finished up after that. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Kennedy, you burned bright, but perhaps you burned too bright. I'm going to put yeah. him at... It is, the, it is the Academy Wrestling School with uh, Mr. Kennedy and Davari, not the cru- current Cruiserweight Davari, of, you know, TNA Davari. Mm. De- no, not D'Angelo Davari. Whatever his name was. He wrestled in uh, uh, Lucha Underground 2 for a brief He was time. also in the WWE as Muhammad Hassan's handler. Yes. That Davari. Yes. So, all right. So, are we dropping him below Heidenreich because yeah. of the way he kind of fizzled out? He did. He definitely did fizzle out, I feel. So, I'd put him above the Warlord. Would you? Well, I originally I'd said Jason Jordan, but again, kind of in that mid 40s range mm. would be would be where I'd go with it. I mean, but I can again, if, But then again, if you lower. want to tell me that Del Rio had a better career, he certainly did. If you want to tell me that, you know, Killian Dane's got a better future, certainly does. So we could go lower. Scott Dawson is the less talented one on... No, Scott Dawson is the more talented one. Dash Wilder at 65 is the less talented one to me. Scott Dawson is the, the, the one with the charisma. Okay. Dash then... Wilder has a dash of hair. I think, I mean, I'm even looking at 64, not as good as Rosie. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to rank him maybe above Scott Dawson. Okay, but, but, but only, not as good as Amish Roadkill. I mean, for that flash, for that, for that flash, I will even put him at 57. I will put him above Amish Roadkill. Okay. But I don't think that, again, I don't think he's got any future in the business, so... No, no. And, you know, I part of me originally kind of got my hackles up at you putting him above Scott Dawson, but we were just talking about the Ascension. It is entirely possible the Revival has already peaked. That's my problem with the Revival right now. They're excellent. They really are. But I'm not convinced they're ever going to find any traction on the main roster. I am hoping they get a chance to shine at WrestleMania in some sort of multi-team match with DeBar. But I, at this point, I am trying to have reasonable expectations. Maybe I they could fine. have a match against DX at WrestleMania. No, I'm all set. Yeah. I'm happy. Besides, Triple H is busy. No, not, not that DX. Sh- I'm talking about the crappy DX. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Billy Gunn and X-Pac to face them. Oh, X-Pac. All right. Mr. Kennedy at number 57. Well, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Again, the top part of this list stayed the same. I think this is actually the third week in a row where that list, the last person I think we put in the top 10 was Jeff Jarrett. Really? And that was a couple weeks ago. Since then, the top 10. But again, these are some all-time names, so I don't think it's surprising. We've added Gail Kim to the top 20. But other than that, even the top 20 has stayed the same. There are going to be weeks, Mama said there'd be weeks like this, where we I fill sure out, do. we flush out that mid-card. We've talked about some great names. Waylon Mercy. Yep. Waylon Mercy was a really good pull, because that was a name that I did not recognize. But, again, just going to a quick Google search... Like it just all came flooding back, and and I think that is the purpose of the list. The purpose of the list is to be like, remember that guy? Yeah, so, absolutely. All right. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this list. Our, the list is at 132. We did crown a new worst wrestler of all time. We so did. At least we have that to hang our hats on. Um, 
132 strong, and we will continue moving on. Yes, we will. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, anything else you would like to say? I'm going to let you end the show. I think your way of doing it's the way to go. I'm DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? Yes, there is. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I would like people to visit ddtwrestling.com, our brand new website. They can send us an email if they disagree with anything that they heard on the list by sending an email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you'd like to support us, you can buy a t-shirt. We have two wonderful varieties available at shop.ddtwrestling.com. We encourage you to check those out. And the greatest wrestler of all time is John Cena.